Susan Hedgehog's talking it out. Talk Susan Hedgehog's, <laughs> yeah. what's it about? Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Foxes and Hedgehogs Podcast. I'm Thomas Hutchings. I'm John Aarons. Welcome to the <laughs> new year. <laughs> I felt like I was that was an old school way of... Uh, you're of, um, old. Oh my god, what, what's my man's name from um from Thirty Spit Rock? That shit up, man. He was also Brian Fellows. Oh, okay. What's his name? Oh, uh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan, man. I, he's awesome. I'm Tracy Morgan. <laughs> I'm John Aaron. Yeah, he's funny. I just did uh, a music supervising a a movie. It's uh, coming out in 2020, and I just did, uh, you know one of my friends is Judah Friedlander. He's a comedian. He oh. plays Frank on, on 30 Rock, so... Oh, wow. So we went and shot... Uh, I went to the, a shoot, like, in December, end of December, and it was out near Philly, and we talked about a little bit about that show with him. He's, he's, he's pretty cool. I'm going to try to get him on the, on the show. He's, he's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty funny. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned 30 Rock. I, I, I want to see that, that OG series on Netflix that Tracy Morgan is in. I think it's amazing that he came back from that. Yeah. I wonder if he's, if he's, if his timing's the same or, um, I didn't get a chance to talk to Judah about it, but I mean, I've noticed in interviews and stuff, he, he just seems a little bit slower, but he's still funny, so. Right. Those, uh, cognitive Everything injuries. Oh, those, 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 those are tough. Those are serious injuries. Yeah. Health is important. We were talking about a little bit of health. Oh, in our past podcast. Well, I was talking about my my back. I went to see my chiropractor today. Oh and yeah, he said that my today we were talking. my discs. Yeah, my discs between my vertebrae are, are getting smaller. I think it's from carrying around my horn all the time. Sure, like it's just compressing them. So it's funny. I I I hate the word. It's from getting old, or you're older. <laughs> I don't. Like, why would a doctor say that to you? Why would they say? Because it's a, it's an obvious thing. Like, a, you don't have to be a doctor to tell someone. Th- there's a better way to say it, because sometimes there are people who are younger, but they have more wear and tear, and so they're like, they say, "Oh, you have knees of an 80 year old, or you have a back of a 60 year old, and you're True. like 25." So really, it's not so much about age. It's about it's about wear and tear. Wear and tear. So, uh, or so, so. Good point. So, so I very hate, good point. I hate the word. Oh, you know, you're this age. It's this way because of you're this age. I'd rather say, you know what, I'm this way because of the wear and tear that I've had in my life. Yeah. You know, which may coincide with my age or may not. You know, so, lifestyle. Yeah, lifestyle. Lifestyle choices. But specifically, I I just rather instead of say, saying like, it's your age. No. Wear and tear. Mm-hmm. You know? Wear and tear. Because uh, you could live a lot in, like, say, 30 years. Fuck that. You, you can live, live a, lot. a lot. That's a lot in, of wear and in tear. 80 years. Yeah. You can live a lot. Oh, you mean, like, you can live a lot. I mean, like, say say you. You can live a lot. Like in, an in NFL player. An NFL player lives through that first. Let's say they. If they survive college, if they survive high school, if they make it to it's, be pro. It's a lot of impact. The. Uh, boxes are a good example, but football players get a lot of concussions. So yeah, there's even a movie about it that's really great. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's Will, Will Smith. Will Smith, right? yeah. It's yeah. called concussion. And he tries dumbass. to invent. He, well, he invents a, a helmet that reduces concussions, and he tries to get it. Um, you know, and then he met a lot of resistance with that. At yeah, first, right. Yeah. yeah, it's weird how when you want to change the world to make it better and safer for people, that people just want to stay in the matrix and keep on doing whatever they're doing out of comfort or yeah. just like maybe maybe sometimes money whatever it is they think that they need and tradition yeah tradition, culture yeah 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 it's always like that one weird nerdy guy who shows up and he's like but 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 what about you know yeah what about what about life and what about being human yeah what maybe we or maybe we i i see a way how we can make this better yeah even though it might be a little awkward at first or it might be about changing this one thing that you're used to doing and people will say oh but that one thing that 
I used to, that I do, I, that's like part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't want to change that. Yeah. And, and, and then the nerdy guy or, or not necessarily nerdy guy, the, uh, the outsider says, or the outlier, or choose, choose your. <laughs> That's a Malcolm Gladwell book. Choose your yeah, the cho- outliers. Cho- choose your semantic. <laughs> we'll say, oh, but if you do that one thing differently, all these other things can be so much better. You will be happier. You can fulfill yeah. more mm-hmm. potential. You know, fulfill more potential by That's Jonathan Aaron's. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Colin, uh, how how to improve your life? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that redundant? By staying supple with yoga. Oh, 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 oh staying <laughs> supple. I remember reading that word "supple" in a book about supple. yoga. I think I, I think you know, I went to Oberlin, and hmm. Oberlin has technically has trimesters. Interesting. So they're not sixteen weeks; they're long, shorter, I guess. And they have this, the second term is called winter term, which is really oh, a, a longer winter vacation. Mm-hmm. And for a couple, a couple, I forget, two or three of the years, two or three of, of your four years there, or five years if you're a double degree, you have to do um, a winter term project. And I remember one of my projects was somehow relating... Yoga to trombone playing. What? I think you're doing that every time you play, man. Well, this, yes, this is way back when. This is like when I was like 20. The Genesis. 21. We're like hearing the Genesis story <laughs> here. This is an origin story. Welcome to the origin and the thing, story. The thing was, before that, I, I did a... Um, my winter term project was like transcribing J.J. Johnson solos. Hmm. And I did that. And then the second year, I, I just wanted to throw it away. And J.J. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. J. Oh, yeah. He's badass. Well, J, yeah. J.J. Johnson is often credited as being the the father of modern jazz trombone. Because, oh, okay. Because <clears throat> he, no, before J.J. Johnson, no, no one ever played bebop lines on a trombone the way oh, he did. Oh, okay. He kind of created that. Although, but and I often, oh, boy, am I going on a tangent. Jeez. Why not? <laughs> well, in the trombone world, okay, you know, I often feel as sometimes I, I'm I'm not actually a big fan of JJ's playing. Some of it, I know, I know that's very sacrilege. I prefer um, Jack Teagarden. Jack Teagarden is okay. I, <clears throat> I, I Slide Hampton. Slide Hampton is great. Jack Teagarden is great. I, you know. It's funny. I always like saxophone players more than trombone players. I always want to make really? trombone sound like a saxophone. Interesting. Like so, I was like Coltrane. Oh man, and, is there uh, a trombonist that does the Coltrane thing? Well, I remember when that you know, like I can't. I remember think of when what's his name, Conrad Herwig, came out with the Latin side of John Coltrane. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool because mm. he did. Because you know, Conrad played a lot with Eddie Palmieri. So I think, you know, I, I think he took some of the people they played with over the years, the, you know, with, with all the Latin, with all the Latin stuff that he did, and he did his own album of Latin versions of Coltrane tunes. Yeah. And Conrad is such a unique player, and for all intents and purposes, does a lot of saxophonish stuff. Really? On a trombone, dude. I gotta check him out. In now. terms of speed and and. What's uh, the album called? The Latin side of John Latin Coltrane. Side of John and this Coltrane. is like okay. early nineties, I huh. think, came out. Okay. Maybe ninety three. Really um, interesting. But I remember I remember like, oh my god, this guy is amazing. And I remember I remember playing with him for the first time in the Mingus Big Man when I was in the rotation. Time Cafe? Or Time Time or, I, I did one at, at Time Cafe man, that was, at Iridium. That's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Because I I, I, I I came to New York in two thousand. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but um I was more on the rotation in like, I guess, two thousand four-ish. I used to go see Four, them. I wonder if I, the Iridium at the Iridium. Oh, okay. That's that's oh, that, that's what was that fifty one and I, and Seventh Avenue or yeah and Broadway. Yeah, Broadway. Right, right by the right, right by Broadway. the one train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to play brunches there with um, Nathaniel. 
Townsley Souvenir. Oh, I used wow. to do Sunday gospel brunch there with a gospel group called Matt Gospel is Jubilee. Uh, is a drummer, right? Yeah. Yeah, his dad is an organ player. Really? And I did like a... Matt a, is a beast. <laughs> yeah, monster. His dad is awesome, though. He was so cool, man. Organ player. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, great organ player and a great educator. You know, wow. he taught me so much about playing with, uh, playing with organ, which I had never... I mean, I, I did some gigs in the late 90s with this guy that called himself the Preacher Robbins, Preacher Robbins in Harlem. And uh, he was was cool. He had his own bar called the Robbins Nest and he would play, you know, but every Sunday he had a gospel thing that I never played with, but he would hire me. I can't remember how I met him. I think I met him at this place called the Sugar Shack or something like that. And who was that? On a hundred and, it was on my street. I used to live on 139th and um, between Frederick Douglass and St. Nick. Oh wow! And this was on this place called Sugar Shack. Was across from Londell's. Have you ever heard of Londell's? I've heard of it. I've never worked there. It's, it's a restaurant in in Harlem that's pretty well known. They have live music sometimes. But this place was across the street, Sugar Shack. I think I met Preacher there or somewhere in the scene in Harlem when I lived up there. But maybe even at a street fair. But he 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 was he was like, "Hey man, come and play with me," you know. And he he was hilarious because he would he would book me for a gig. He'd call me. I would show up for the gig. And then, uh, like, his, he would, like, just not be there for a long time. And I'd be like, what is going on? And then he would show up and he'd be like, uh, yeah, man. And then we would play, like, for an hour. And then he'd be like, okay. And that would be it. The gig would be over. And he would, and an hour for him playing and with me soloing was, like, maybe, like, six songs. Wow. Yeah. It would be a trio. It would be a drummer. I can't remember who the drummer was. And he's playing bass with his feet. Yeah, and it get to the, it got to the point we were we were playing at Showman's, we were playing at um, this place called Robin's Nest. It was all around Morningside on 125th Street. There's a great diner there called MG Diner. Showman's which is I still really there, right? Yeah, Showman's is still there. But uh, he, after that, then I started doing this gig with Nathaniel Townsley Jr. Bishop Townsley, and it was so deep. Um, I had never I'd never done like anything. Like like gospel with a with an organ player, man. It's a really really great way to get your get your feet wet with hearing the harmony and hearing like all these there's all these alterations that are happening when you have someone that plays gospel. Yeah, that's just deep. It's got a lot of soul in it. It's a lot of chromaticism. A lot of passing chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it was a lot of fun too because there there, that sound, there was that, free food. <laughs> it's it's a Hammond, right? The Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that sound is so. Yeah, we had a blast. It's man. like instant vibe. Oh yeah, instant soul. As soon as you, press as soon one as you hear that like low end <laughs> bass on on an organ come in, like those those um, I think his name is those Jack McDuff recordings. Like sure. Those. I mean, where he's playing, it's just like it's incredible, man. Totally incredible. Yeah. A lot of soul. I like the older organ recordings of older artists, you know. I like what Joey DeFrancesco is doing too, but I really enjoy like all the older stuff, a lot of the stuff that Stanley Turrentine did with uh, organ players. Oh. Really, really fun to listen to. Oh. If you ever, if you had a chance to check it out. I can't remember what all the songs and what all the albums are called. It's just been a while since I've gotten into it. It always amazes me that an organ player plays with his feet also. <laughs> yeah. You're literally using all four of your limbs. Yeah, my high school teacher played organ in church, and I used to, I went to see him one time, and I had no idea how deep it was. He was, like, playing organ, walking the bass, with singing. With feet. Yeah. And singing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that blows it's my hard mind. for me to even just play bass line and chords with my right hand. Yeah. I can't do that. You know what I mean? That's when I see people doing that, I, I immediately think, man, they, they're, you're, they're, you're born to do that. You're not. It's not something you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm just going to learn how to do this. Well, maybe it's, co- it's a coordination to, thing, but you, yeah. you, definitely a gift helps. I think I know plenty of organ players that can do left hand. Okay. And and you know they can, they can, they can make the they can make the changes, but like that can do with the, both hands and and their feet. Because some of the some of the activity that you see happening, yeah, yeah, totally, it's pretty heavy. Hey man, <laughs> I just saw your phone light up. You have a new message. 
Oh yeah, I got a, I got a notification. Do you, do you, you use LinkedIn? Oh yeah. I use I, LinkedIn I for sure. I feel like LinkedIn is kind of like, I, I, I mean, I know LinkedIn is supposed to be more geared towards career stuff, but does it really work? Have you really got hooked up with career stuff? Well, I use it differently than most people. I had two careers. I was in the telecom industry for 16 years, and at a parallel time, I was in the music industry. And I never did a LinkedIn for my telecom job. Oh. So, like, recently, only in the past year or two since I left the telecom industry and started doing music full-time, did I, like, start thinking about LinkedIn and how to use it. So now what I do is I, I'm, I'm like sort of building up relationships with people on LinkedIn that are in the music industry, not not for gigs, for business parts of the relationships. You know, oh. I meet people in the music industry that like do publishing, that do music licensing, music supervisors, anybody that runs their own label because they're doing the same kinds of things I'm doing. You know, people that are doing podcasting that are on there, all those kinds of people only because like... I just want to bring up my, uh, there's this philosophy that you want to be around people that are smarter than you, and it brings sure. up your average. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. So I always that's thought LinkedIn was LinkedIn. kind of like, a, like a, a gimmicky version of Facebook or Instagram. Like it's and... more formal. I think people take it really seriously. Like you won't post the same stuff on Facebook. You, you, I mean, some people treat it like Facebook and they just post, you know, funny videos and they post, but there's a lot of educational stuff on there. There's a lot of resources on there. I reach out to people that are like, um, you know, I'll if if I see like I hear I listen to a lot of podcasts. If I hear a podcast and they say the person's name and they say if you have questions about business or if you have questions about music publishing or whatever the topic is, sure. I'll reach out to that person and, and and I'll be like, hey, you know, I have I have questions about music licensing or what's how should I package music before to be ready for the, a creative department at a at a company that's doing music licensing that well, kind of should, stuff you would you want to reach out to that same person on facebook no because that that's like gonna be their personal page or something unless they have a facebook page and i would do it there but on linkedin it just seems like it's more like it's it, it's it's more it caters more to like things that are of a career. professional career nature you know so that's what I've done is like I've taken my LinkedIn and I've got kind of like focused it on things that are more, you know, surrounding business cool. part of the music industry. Like the entertainment part of it, that can be Facebook and that can be my web page. But the business part of it where I want to actually do business, like looking for sponsors, trying to find like I went to Nam, yeah. Right. So like I would reach out to people that I met there that were musicians on Facebook but if I met someone there, like I meet like a distributors or someone that's like a, a manufacturer of products or something, like their rep, I would reach out to them on LinkedIn before I reach Whoa. out to them on Facebook. Okay, that's good I think they take you more seriously too. Whoa. If you have a Facebook page versus a LinkedIn page, I think LinkedIn is taken a little bit more seriously. Like if you put, like for example, my Facebook page, I have my discography on there. It's not such a big deal, but if I put a resume on there, it seems like it's too formal. Formal on a Facebook. But page. I can put my resume on my oh, LinkedIn, yeah. and people will go, "Okay, that's that's <laughs> the right place for that," you know. So interesting, huh? That's how how I use it. I mean, and See, I'm still I, trying I, to figure I, I it out. I was going to just honest. like diss LinkedIn. This, this was my attempt uh-huh. just to like be like, "Hey, this BS." <laughs> well, oh, I mean, you buddy, have to. Nobody really uses LinkedIn. <laughs> it's just like a whole one of those things that you. You, you sign up for hoping it's going to improve your career, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it depends it. on how you leverage it. You know, like but all these right. things and are tools. They're just tools. tools. Yeah. Thomas is good with tools. <laughs> well, you need to hit him up. I don't up. know about that. Hit him up on LinkedIn. <laughs> hit me up on LinkedIn. Hit Thomas Hutchings. Only on LinkedIn for those professional. Yeah. Of personal stuff, hit him up on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Or if, if you, you want to jam out, but hit him up. Well, I mean, really, you just. You can hit me up any way you want, really, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. But depending on what you have, like if you only have Instagram, hit me up there. You know, like <laughs> most people aren't aren't limiting themselves anymore to just one one place. A lot of people left Facebook actually because yeah. they had a lot of issues with the with people's privacy. personal data and privacy. So 
I don't, I don't think any place is a, a great place to put your data. If you don't, if you don't want people messing with your data, don't be on the internet at all. Go live on, a, on like an island somewhere. So there's gonna be someone that's gonna be able to get access to it one way or another. True that. You know, I, I I did some I did a TV show called Love Monkey years ago, and yeah, it was it was on uh, I think it was on CBS and then VH1 or something. But it was years ago, and a few years back. What was that about? Back when they used to have A and R people at record labels, it was about an A and R person who worked at a record label and sort of like how you know they. It, it was it was like about five years too late that the show came out. It was like oh, wow. late two thousands, just before the iPhone came out. Um, I mean early two thousands, just before the iPhone came out, and so you know the, after that happened, and you know songs were selling for a dollar, and people you know. Software where you could record your own music became more ubiquitous, and people got better doing their own production. So, A&R people kind of like disappeared, and development departments of record labels disappeared. And this was a show about that. <laughs> and, was, and it was like, uh, oh, uh, it was kind of like if it had been like in the late '90s or something, it would have worked. Yeah, right. Because right. you know, like the premise was a good idea, and that's when record labels actually had control of like. How music was consumed and where, and how much sure. it cost to buy a CD or a record or whatever. But without that existing, like this show was kind of like it came out and it was like irrelevant within like five years, four years. Wow. Yeah, because there's no technically not really A and R people anymore. You know who the A and R people at record labels are now? Who? The artists. The artists themselves, yeah. The artists are the A and R people. They tell the record label, "Hey, I have this friend, and he's got blah blah,", blah. or they create relationships with people and build them up, and then say. You know, I want to form my record label and sign the artist, and then shop well, my it. My own record label. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Everybody's an A and R person now. You're an A and R person. I'm an A and R person. Oh. <laughs> All you have to do is find that in. You know, at uh, major labels really don't want anybody that's not already successful anyway. You know, I don't want to get too off the subject of, of get, what we're talking get, about, but. You just have to go where people are licensing music and hang out with people that are getting their music license for sure. I'm going to Sync Summit this year. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Going to Sync Summit this year in um, in June. Where's that? Sync Summit is uh, like a, a music convention for people that want to meet music supervisors and people that publish and license music in uh, you know film, television, and games. How how much does it cost? Man, it was it was more than I thought it would be. It was five ninety nine for, for I think it? three days or two days. I don't know. I mean, this is the first time I'm going. So like this year for me is kind of a discovery year for finding Dude, out I'll go new with stuff. You. I, yeah, I, let me save up the money first. But okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah d- definitely. I mean, we should, we should go busking this week. yeah. Let's talk a bit, little bit about busking. I think that'll be fun, and this is good weather too for it. Now it's good weather. Today would have so been perfect. Angry about getting this cold. Last week, ladies and gentlemen, it was five straight days of brutal, was nasty, devil cold, like hell freezing over. I just caught the tail end of it, and I was miserable. Five straight days, and I was doing fine until the last day. Damn. And then I caught this cold, and the next day it was beautiful spring weather, and it's like really, really. Really, body, you couldn't hold off one more. But what a shame! Yeah, but you're still spry and young and supple, so yeah, because of that yoga. Because of yoga, so, yoga, so. yoga makes it happen. I'm gonna have to check out some yoga. We'll have to go sometime. Yeah, my place, my spot. You should do. You should be like the the guru of musical yoga. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you know, I'm starting. I'm starting to do those Wednesday routines. Oh yeah, I, I see them. They've come back, man. I'm like I'm, if you're on I'm, if you're I'm on Facebook, check I'm, out John's I'm, Wednesday, Wednesday Hump Day. What do you call them? I, I now I just call I just call them. Now it's just like Hump Day with John. <laughs> hump Day with John. <laughs> yeah, it's just Hump Day with John. They used to be called Happy Hump Day Dance with John, uh-huh. but now they're not even dances anymore because that, ever since I played with my feet on that one, which is up to two hundred ten thousand. Good, very Facebook. good. Right, I saw that one. I shared that one. That one was thank you, man. Sh- share worthy. Ever since that, my mom saw it. She was like, you know, I bet you could do a whole, basically like a Jack Lane trombone thing. 
And so, huh. she's, and she's not the first person to say that. That's like, interesting. That I do, I'm like, thinking of it right now. A I workout do, I'm video. I mean, like, this is like. You know who first told me? Seriously. You know, you know, you know, you know who first serious told, endeavor. told me to do a workout video as a dancing trombone player or, or a workout? It was Ralph Roll. You know Ralph? No. Well, I recognize the name, but. He used to be in Ray Chu's band at okay. the Apollo for, for years, but. Now he's been playing with with uh, Nile Rogers. Mm, okay. And, and she, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been their main drummer, and he's also a radio personality. He does like voiceover stuff. Really funny guy. And he, he said, "Man, you would make so much money doing a, a <laughs> he knows. video." Well, he knows. He a has lot a good of, eye for it. Right? He, he knows a lot about like you know media and blah blah, blah pop culture. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Well, I mean, like maybe follow <laughs> up with him on that. And well, well, this, like, this, where do I start? Well, this was know? like 2003. He told oh, me. Oh man, this is a while ago. But then my mom said that like three weeks ago, and I've heard it's this time, throughout. Man, so you know, is it too it's late? Time. Maybe. No, it's not but, too late. It's never it too ever, late. Never so, so anyway, but but never I thought, well, let me just play with this idea, and and my whole thing is that I I want to sing more. So I've been, you know, I've been working more on my singing. The singing's coming along, although I haven't been singing the last few days because of this cold. But um, I basically I've taken it upon myself so I won't get hit with uh, using copywritten recordings like last time when Facebook deleted me, even though it was technically parody. I would think that would be like also fair use because the main the main focus is, focus is, is right. not the song. So yeah, but anyway, but I I put I I put it. Gave, put it upon myself, gave myself the challenge to take different, like, popular songs, redo the tracks myself on Logic. Nice. That's what I've been doing the last few weeks. Oh, okay. Redo, the, like, the basic elements of the you. tracks on Logic, and then insert the lyrics, my hump day dance, my hump day lyrics, nice. over the original melody. Nice. I like this. So that's what I've been doing, if you've noticed. Like instead, I mean, you have a product right there, man. You already have a product, right? Well, so so it's so so. I'm doing three things. I'm doing some f- exercise, physical routine. I'm playing trombone, and I'm singing lyrics about Wednesday. <laughs> what makes you pick Wednesday? Because you know it's Hump Day. Yeah, yeah. Hump. Yeah. You know. No one cares about. Tuesday or, or Thursday. No one no, cares. No, it's Everybody too talks early. about too Wednesday. Everybody likes hump. Friday. Well, Nobody likes Monday. Because it's the hump. Right. It, it's it's the middle of the week. If you get over Wednesday, you're you're almost to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right? And hump. 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 The word hump is in mm-hmm. hump day. And everyone <laughs> the word hump. <laughs> everyone knows what hump means. Hump, hump like the camel's hump, as in like right. But, uh, that's what I'm there's talking this, like, about. There's this like there's this image that the week is this arcing thing where it's like yeah, you start off, but I don't think weeks really like a week doesn't really work that way. They do, you know, like for Monday. Pe- oh I, I man, bet you, I bet you. If that, you dread Mondays, what are you doing in your life? Well, you know? a nine to five that you don't enjoy. Like yeah. I would say, probably the majority of yeah. nine to five people who yeah. do jobs they don't mm-hmm. enjoy. True. So I've the, been there. The, the week is is a is a is an arc of enduring the pain of doing something you don't enjoy. Mm. Fulfillment, right? Or 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 let's say uh uh, what's that? What is that? Delaying gratification. Delayed gratification. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> the DG. DG. Not to be confused with DP. <laughs> or. Um, and I mean, by DP, I mean director of photography. Right. Good. Or DA. DA. Uh, Director's assistant. Oh, okay. <laughs> District attorney. District attorney, yeah. You know, AD. You know, I think it's actually AD, assistant director. director. Yeah, yeah. I don't know but much you know about DP, film. You know what the other DP is, right? Um, I think it has to do with porn. Yes, yeah. I think we're going to talk about porn. I know that there's two kinds of ATM. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they both involve cash. <laughs> I guess. We don't have to. I mean, maybe you have Venmo. Maybe you have. Maybe you have uh, Quick Pay. I don't know. Yeah, but the other one <laughs> doesn't necessarily involve cash. No, no, no. I mean, but like you know. I'm just, oh, I'm cash just being silly. I'm being, I'm just being silly. Cash, cash as, 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 as cash or gas, whatever. 
right. grass. Right. Cat. I forget what the term. Grass. Cat. 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 Is that what it is? I, what is it? Yeah, I never that, get it right. Ass? Someone will have to like go on to our go on our Facebook page and tell us what that's well, supposed but to what, be. Wait, what, what's the acronym that that's from? Uh, oh, I think it's ass cash grass, right? Cag? Cash? Gack? I don't know. Cag. It, it's grass, like we're talking grass, about. Cash. Um, Gack. We're in the part of the show where we're talking about um, bartering. That's what uses. That's, that's, these, are, these are what are used for bartering. Cag. Talking about bartering. Only thing, only thing you can barter aside from those things is time. <laughs> time. Time. Yeah. Yeah. As cash, grass, or time. Yeah. Well, in my book, I, I relate money to uh, time space. Yeah. Space time. yeah. Money and space time. Yeah, I could picture that. Because time doesn't exist without space. Mm-hmm. They need each other. Time True that. True that. I can see that. Money is matter like, and ener- matter, matter and energy. And energy. <laughs> Are you gonna put an effect on Hell that? Hell yeah, I am. You, you bet I am. Should I do it again? Yeah, absolutely. Matter, matter and, and energy. energy. Oh, you don't have to do the delay. I'll what? take care of that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's good. Though. Is it gonna be crazy to have the delay? Oh, on the no, delay? absolutely not. Are G, you kidding? G, 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 G. No, man. It's that's we live in the world of digital. You know, you can make anything sound like anything. Or look like anything. You can't trust anything anymore. Yeah. You know, which makes me think about the whole trans issue. Yeah? You're yeah. in the right neighborhood for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, wa- I was watching a movie. Uh, You're in the right neighborhood. Was it a movie or a TV show about... Oh, I, I saw Kinky Boots with my mom last Oh, week. okay. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, bassist Mike Viseglia, played the bass on that show for years, like over a decade. They're closing in April, I think, mm. aren't they? Did you hear about this? I did hear that they're closing, but I didn't know didn't know when. We went on a Tuesday night, and the uh, the main, the lead of the uh, of the drag queen, okay, was a, a sub, and he was okay. Uh. I feel bad if he hears this. Why would you feel bad? You're being honest. I am. Yeah, I'm just. Did you see the uh, like the? I, I don't know what you call them. The original with the music. Oh, okay. I feel like the reason why it won, if it won so many Tony Awards, it was because of the acting. I don't mm-hmm. think the book was that good. I don't think the music was that good. It's not like the Music Man. You don't, it doesn't isn't like funny and Music Man's hilarious, man. Even just the writing. You mean you don't you don't need like. The songs okay are good, actors. and then the, the writing is hilarious. Like, okay, even now, like a lot of it's archaic, but you know, it still it still translates. Yeah, no, th- th- this was like, oh, I mean, there were cute parts, but it was just, yeah, the acting wasn't good. Man. I'm bringing up Music Man because I thought you were going to break into '76 Trombones and you didn't do it. I'm man. embarrassed. I'm breaking my heart I'm, here. I'm embarrassed because I, I, know, I know '76 Trombones. I, I just I was waiting for you to break into a refrain of it. Yes. I've never seen the whole show. Are you serious? Oh, you would love it, man. I know. It's hilarious. It's because, way. Be- it's, it's probably it's, better than Kinky Boots. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm sure. It's, it's classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Thing. Um, yeah, I wasn't impressed with Kinky Boots. And you can hear the Cindy Lauper like sound in it. Uh-huh. There's some there are some cool things, but lots of also, synth congas. But also like <laughs> yeah, but also the uh I'm just kidding. I felt like there was a lot of canned music in there. No, there's no, there's hardly any shows that have full live bands I know. anymore. Lots of synths. It sounds so weird, man. People accept it. That's the sad it's thing. It's weird. It sounds so like They haven't replaced the horns, thank God. Yeah, well, that that. Would, that but there'll union. be like one guy playing like <laughs> slide whistle in one yeah. side of his mouth, and like I know. clarinet in the other, holding the saxophone, waiting. <laughs> it's like the 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 string players is they've narrowed it down to like a very. I mean, some shows have like maybe just a guitar. Like depending on the show, they, you know, the whole band might be <clears throat> ten pieces. You know, and everybody's covering like multiple parts, and yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Yeah, it is sad. They can't. They can't afford, even at the expensive prices of a show, you know. I mean, how much was a Kinky Boots ticket? Well, 
I we bought them when it was like it was like half off. Oh, good. It was like two two for one or something. Mm-hmm. It was like Broadway week, so oh, we had mezzanine tickets for like sixty two bucks. Oh, each. that's great. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, but it won't happen t- with Hamilton. No sixty dollar tickets for Hamilton, man. No way, right? No way, hey, man. Well, I know I the guys that up, are in I that. I brought up Kiki Boots because mm-hmm. since, you know, a big part of it is about trans, uh, the trans issue. I also feel like that bo- that the show came at a time when trans wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a little more... So that would give edgy. it like... Uh, yeah, like yeah that would give it like an... Uh, I don't know why I keep saying it. Yeah. We keep coming back to the word novelty. But um, that would make it sort of more novel, and people would look at it as like, oh, well, this is different. This is different, right. Yeah. And now I kind of feel like it's a little almost uh, passe, some of the issues they bring up. But one of the curious things that, that I thought was interesting was, um, oh, God, I, I know, I know I'm know, i stepping on a third rail, potentially, with bringing this up. You always say that. <clears throat> Do I say that? Really? Not, not the third rail thing that you think you're going to cause... Ripples, but well, okay, trust but like me, sometimes I, I I feel like a the okay. trans thing is different from a sexuality thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like the trans thing is, is a physical existence, but not necessarily an action. You know, if if you want to, well, I mean, okay, dressing like something that that that's an action, but. If you feel like you are, you have the wrong genitals, that you have the wrong gender. If you feel like you're born with a, the wrong physicality, that you should be born with a different. I feel like that's a different issue than what would you like to have sex with. Do you know what True. I mean? Yeah. And, and I know, I know that's a big. Or that 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 is an issue within like the LGBTQI. World, community, mm-hmm. com- community that that you know, our trans issues, sexuality issues, you know, mm-hmm. L- LGBT. I think they end up being. I think there's a there's a notion that when you're talking about identifying gender, you're also talking about sex. Yeah, like I don't think it's, I don't think that's I think it's really. Different. I think they're different things. I think that's something that's that people infer. But that's yeah. not actually being implied. It's supposed to be more about the relationship with you uh, between you and your uh, your your world. Yes. Or like how you're how you're perceived. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like how the world perceives you, and I don't think that 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 is ever. <laughs> I don't think that that's ever like the focus. It's always like people telling you how you should express yourself versus how you present yourself yeah like I, I think that's I think that's the I think there is a difference between a preference and a presentation yeah yeah and, well and, preference is an opinion presentation I mean everyone is always presenting themselves as they are who they are in the world who they believe they are right you know and, I, I feel like presentation specifically is a physical like like a static physical manifestation mm-hmm. but a preference is like an action it's like a, 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 a taste of doing something yeah and, and I and I feel like those are two separate issues um, when it comes to identity like you know in, in the same way that I feel like you know like I almost feel like like a gender issue is as much it's like an economic issue in the sense that it's like a, a yeah. physical entity, like, oh, I, I, I wish I had more physical uh, access. Like, I, w- I had, I wish I had power to acquire physicality. You know, that's what money is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we get. It's it. like the manifestation of. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like everything that I, I also think race is, a, yeah. is is like is that way as well. Mm-hmm. You know, D- anything yeah. DNA related. Yeah. DNA and money biology are the same. Uh, yeah, we're getting into a little bit into it's, biology, but this is also like related to yeah your your limbic system, how your limbic system works, what makes you feel good, 
Sure. What I mean, like that's literally the expression of of everything that we we do in our lives. Our limbic system is telling us what feels good. Sure. What feels right. So, I mean, that's our our outer experience with the world, as opposed to our inner inner experience, like how we how we are implied imply yeah, ourselves, yeah, how yeah. we apply ourselves, or implied uh, what we imply people or the world to see us as versus what they infer how they perceive us aren't always the same aren't always the same they can disagree um i think you're better off like just worrying about yourself and you know because it's really the only thing you can really control but to get back to this limbic system thing like you really are just making a lot of a lot of tiny decisions you know from the moment you wake up to the moment you fall asleep that create the world around you you know and your limbic system is a big part of that you sort of and you can it retrain it. Right. Yeah, you okay, can retrain yeah, yeah. that and, and say, I'm point, this person now it? or I'm that person now. But only whatever. to a point. There's some things that your limit system will never let go. And that's, I think that, that I leads. guess that's where, you, that's where you end up with having a personality, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, but that's also, I, I thought you were, you were going to lead to the point that maybe when your limbic system will not, uh, when you can't change the way you feel about something, that's when you change your physicality yeah you change your physical circumstances well, it makes me wonder if if there is if if nothing is really predetermined you know if there's this sense of there's no predetermined anything that you would get like when you start talking about whether uh gender is binary sure. whether uh race is binary whether um you know anything well how does binary. Well, how does binary relate to predetermination okay so you have infinitely, if you want to look at it like that, if you will, a, a number of choices every day that you can make. Like, um, this is getting a little bit into existentialism where there's multiple histories of what's already but, happened, what's sure. possible, and what you're actually experiencing. Yeah. But multiple timelines. Multiple timelines. Multiple choices. histories. This is in... Uh, I first read about these... Multiverses. Mm-hmm. Multiverses. I first read about these in um oh gosh uh stephen hawking's book black holes and baby universes oh wow he does like a whole he does it's it's a compilation of essays and one of them is about this very topic of multiple histories which means that there's multiple timelines of possibilities of things that could happen based on the decisions you make and um because of that nothing there, there there's there's you can literally um create a, new new histories in your life not not how what what's already happened has happened but by making decisions that would create a new history sure you know um so when i say that it's not binary i'm just basically saying that you you know you have you have an infinite number infinite number of things that could happen any given moment what we perceive and what we remember might not necessarily be the same but those the where it's not binary is that you have all these decisions you can make and some of them are actually automated by your limbic system mm. so you make some certain decision of something that makes you feel good it doesn't matter what it is like uh if you wanted coffee you know you had a choice of whether to go get it or not you didn't you just stay here so you just get it later sure so but you could have gotten it earlier right so that that's that's like one kind of the choice that i'm thinking so binary of. in terms of to be or not to be yeah way. yeah interesting yeah and it, this also relates to the delayed gratification thing you know i i thought you were gonna relate it to um gender well the binaries of gender well that's that's a, that's another thing is like there's really that those aren't necessarily as those aren't as to be or not to be that there's grays and there definitely is because i mean it exists <coughs> in nature already the things that already exist in nature uh, that go against, like, say, what people would consider, like, a moral value are always, you know, nature's going to win every time because biology... What does nature say? Well, bi biology already allows for people that exist that have more than one set of genitals or that um, in nature, like, there's already, there's already organisms that are asexual. You know, there's already... There's already in in life in biology itself female masculinities masculine yeah masculinity. there's these things already exist naturally so why wouldn't they express themselves in uh, any higher life form 
I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not thinking like most animals that have all of their basic needs taken care of, which is probably very few. I can't think of any other than human beings. A praying mantis, that would be a masculine female. What is that? I guess. You know, I always thought like something that chopping pe- off the head people do uh, naturally is that we we um, put our like our opinions onto things uh, that aren't necessarily you know like what I mean like we put we put we express our opinions onto things that aren't really necessarily have nothing to do with logic like when I was growing up I thought oh dogs are masculine cats are are feminine you know I, I would agree with that if I had a pick. Right, but uh, why cats are both male and female, and dogs are both male and female. So are the dogs more masculine, and are the females less? You know what I mean? Like you can have a female dog, sure, and you can have a male cat, right? But are they any less or more male mas- and female? Yeah, yeah they're just as you know. So, but why would you if, why? you if you had to? I well, I'm thinking about it like this: you, for some reason. Dogs are associated with being more masculine because they're they're uh, like descendant from wolves, which somehow she wolf too. Yeah, which is interesting, right? So, so for some somehow that 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 like gets registers in in my mind anyway as like a masculine animal. Why versus I don't know maybe just uh, conditioning, you know? But but what quality specifically? What qualities about dogs? I think because they're used for traditionally, like for hunting and guarding. There you go. Yeah, which was like a, a male, you know, very a very masculine male, uh, you know, like um, you know, uh, activity role yeah, in society. Well, sure. That makes Whereas sense. cats, but I mean, like if you think about it, like a cats lion, more a lion does that. A sure. lion hunts. A lion guards. People don't. There is no such thing as a. a but it's, it's the grace. Uh, it's no such thing as a, a C9 unit where the guy rolls up with a lion and says, mind if I let the lion sniff around your car a little bit? You know, it's like it's right. going to be a dog. They haven't been trained to do that. They haven't been, you know, I, I always feel like uh, domesticated to do that. So Cats are more feminine because they're a little more mysterious and they're unpredictable. And I think those are qualities that are often associated with being feminine. Yeah, maybe. And dogs tend to be a little more... Uh, muscular, you know, they're, they're, a, little, <clears throat> they're a little bigger overall. Yeah, but a tiger or a puma or a cheetah, those are really muscular big, but, animals. But, but the way they move, it's so slinky. And, yeah. And the way it's it's very great. That's, that's I what guess, grace. I guess that's those what are, it is. Those are qualities yeah. associated with the feminine, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's that, interesting. But it's not, that, this I is what I mean this, by it's I not binary. I write about this in one of my chapters. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about about it not being binary. Also, like sure, no, I, I agree. I, because I, in I nature, totally nature isn't binary. So it, once you start thinking, it's both, isn't it? Yeah. There, there are definitely. It's the to be or not to be, but all these layers of sure. gradients. Of, yeah, of, yeah. And yeah. then, and then, cl- and then classes of the gradients, and then. I think what you're saying is that at the end of the day, you have all these different categories of to be or not to be mm-hmm. and then the culture dictates the hierarchy of those class of those yeah. categories well of, culture of, of which categories takes precedence over I the guess others. culture and then also like how like the volume Science. volume you know like what is there the most of sure. what is the least of you exposure know? yeah so then then it becomes like a, a, a game of like what's important and what isn't who, who has more value and who has less value based on where what what is their you know who has the most t- control i guess really you know? sure and then and then the way that is is that based on experience or is that based on education and then who controls yeah. the education who controls media yeah and or merit merit's merit. also in there too you know sure. merit merit will get you pretty far education will get you your foot in the door merit will get you you know, even further, and then there's like this other stuff that's like what we call racism, genderism, uh, sexism, uh, you name an ism. 
that's all outside of those things. It's like another sure, sure. Another place where decisions are made in someone's mind, you know, based on your name, based on where you're from, based on uh, how you sound when you speak. Isms your are skin color by authority. Yeah. Yeah. Author- authoritative influences. Yeah. I I was I described them. Yeah, this in your book? Yeah. Nice. Thanks, man. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's a trying trying to make sense of it for me at least. There's always time to make sense of it. Yeah. yeah. It's never too late. No, very true, man. I think I should write a book called It's Never Too Late because I say it a lot. You should. <laughs> it's very inspiring. I often think it's too late, even when it's not. Sometimes I think it's when I, I tell myself it's too late because I often think of myself as a character in a uh, under, in an underdog movie or story. And I feel like maybe if I just say it's too late, that I'll get one more last breath mm-hmm. to push and just make it. I thought it was too late. It was almost too late. But the fact that I said it was too late made me push before it was, it was actually too late. Hmm. Which is actually cool. it's a stressful way to live your life. <laughs> yeah. But I've been living it this way for a while and it keeps me on my toes. I'm open to different suggestions, but you know, that's the way. Send I'm. your suggestions in, folks. Yeah. Go to the Foxes and Hedgehogs <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> And send us your suggestions. Just type in Foxes and Hedgehogs podcast. <laughs> and send John. Suggest- yes, yeah. Suggestions on how to live my life. Yeah. Better. Happier. Stronger. I know one thing faster. you can do to always have a more fulfilling life is to, when there's adversity, don't look at it as um, a problem. Or an issue. Huh. Think of it as being an interesting learning experience because that's really what it is. It's a way of you learning how to do something either differently or how to solve something in an interesting way that's like new to you. Sound like Oprah. Yeah, well I just I, I just Is that uh, something she says? I've never heard I, I didn't know. I, I just last night this this girl that's been staying with me in my apartment, she uh, Oprah. She she uh she get a car. You get a call. She wanted to show me this Jim Carrey interview where he talks about writing himself wow, a ten million dollar check. This is the nineties. Oh yeah. Which so is, what is it? I want to hear about this ten million dollar check thing. Well, it's weird. It's it's a it's a pretty popular interview on Oprah that he did where he said in ninety four ninety ninety two he wrote himself a ten million dollar check. Okay. And he said in three years I want to cash it. And then ninety five, wrote myself a check for ten million dollars. Right, like around three years. And he just—he's he's big on this visualization idea. Oh yeah, who so, isn't? That's so, like right. the very twenty-first century Renaissance person, <clears throat> right? Way of creating. So, your so ninety-five, life. He, he gets paid ten million dollars to do Dumb and Dumber. Mm. But I'm thinking, like, I felt like in '92 he was already doing pretty well. Oh, he wasn't making ten million dollars. He was in living, um, doing in Living Color. What a great freaking gig <laughs> that was! Man, the people on that show. What, what about what Ace Ventura? Show. Wasn't it Ace Ventura? I think so. I think I, so. But I, he was. I mean, like that movie was what broke him. Right. right. At, that's what what made him like popular. And right. then but, you had. But what I'm saying is like ten million <laughs> isn't that. Uh, like, I don't know. You're doing. I mean, you're making already making. I, you know, more. I don't know. Like maybe not. Okay. You know, he but wasn't saying, making millions of dollars. He doing wasn't, Living but Color. he was doing pretty well. Yeah, he hadn't done like any big, uh, like say he wasn't like the face of, like I don't know, the mask. He wasn't the mask. yeah. He wasn't the mask or anything. But when he was doing, uh, when he did Ace Ventura, that that sort of like triggered that he's. He's taken off. Yeah, li- to leading, like, leading man material. You know what? There's this really great interview with Kevin Hart. Um, I forget the show, but he's talking about what it means to be successful and, and the things that he points out. And everybody that talks about this says the same thing. Show up, be consistent, and love doing it, whatever it is. Uh, and he says that, and I'm just like... And then... The other part that he adds, which I think is awesome, I mean, I'm just paraphrasing, is that, and then when you get opportunities to help people that uh, you believe uh, have the ability to do what you're doing or, or be better even, give them the opportunity. Oh, you wow. Know? 
Yeah. So he's like, I w- after that, I was like, I went to all his social media and I said, I'm going to follow this guy. Because huh. I used to not be a huge fan of his just yeah, because I just fan. didn't really... I, uh, his humor to me, I, I, I prefer like stuff that's a little bit more thoughtful yeah thoughtful a little bit more a little bit more brainy yeah you know like i like i like jim gaffigan and i like i like david tell although he's a little bit like you know a little bit darker but yeah louis ck is cool but those guys (laughs) don't have you know kevin hart doesn't you know to me dave Chappelle. dave Chappelle, exactly like more people that are you know these comedians that are doing more of like a social commentary Right, right. I mean, he kind of does it, you know. He talks about his family and his, what is happening, but uh, you know, like he's not my favorite comedian. But as far as his philosophy for how successful, you know, I mean, I looked up his net worth and I was like, it's like over a hundred million or something, and I was just like, yeah, yeah he, this guy, he didn't start he's with not, much. he's not, he's no slouch. No, no, no. Like when it comes to business, that guy knows exactly what he's doing and and why and how and when. Yeah. You know, he's doing production. He's doing producing. Like really, that's. That's where you want to be. You want to like get your career to the point where people really trust you and like when I give you uh, yeah. authority to make decisions. Like we're talking about, you know, the kind of decisions that make a difference, uh, where you can look at and the at the world and not be someone who's like binary. <laughs> you know, see all the different shades of everything and say, okay, yeah, I we, can. We can use this. Yeah, or, we can. Or, or, yeah. yeah, it's an advantage then instead of a, a disadvantage. Potential. Potential. Go for it. I was just talk. I was just. I, w- I was texting back and forth. Uh, this is why I keep getting calls. I'm texting back and forth um, with this comedian. His name's Jamie Kilstein. I did some recordings with him a few years ago, and he's trying to decide whether he's a. He's also a musician. He's a guitar player and a singer and a songwriter. And he was asking me because I'm doing this record label thing. We were talking about what's what's my genre. What's my what am I doing? And I was like, well, you know, who are your influences? Because that kind of tells you who you are. Um, and like, what are their favorite, what are their favorite songs? Because that kind of tells you what their, what your sound is going to be like. Because you're going to want everything to kind of sound like that, your yeah. own, your own way. And um, he was like, you know, but I don't, feel, I feel like I'm going to have to start over my career because no one's going to take me seriously as a musician. I was like, well, it doesn't have to be like that. Steve Martin did music, and people take him very seriously on the banjo. You know, mm. uh, Woody Allen, people take him really seriously on the clarinet. You know? right. He plays, you know. I mean, Still? I mean, I don't know if so seriously, but I mean, there's plenty of musicians that are artists. Like Eddie Murphy did records. That's true. Jamie Fox did albums. Jamie Fox pulls it off. Yeah, I mean, it's par- sort of part of the original comedians were in vaudeville shows. <coughs> sure. And they did uh, not only their shtick, but they played instruments and yeah. they sang. So yeah. it's natural that that's where. Well, blank. Yeah. Played tuba. Oh, he did. That's awesome. I was just thinking about Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, no Saturday. for you guys who don't know. The Man of a Thousand Voices. Oh, yeah. All the Warner Brothers cartoons. Bugs Looney Bunny. Tunes. Merry Melodies. That's yeah. all him. Bugs Bunny. Uh, Bonnie Rubble. You name it. Flintstones. You name it, man. Oh, uh, that's um, Hanna-Barbera. Right, but Hanna I'm saying. Like, he even did yeah, yeah. Rubble. Yeah, he yeah. Brian Rubble's voice. Oh, yeah. Totally. Did he do Fred's too? No, no, I think that's someone else. Maybe he did. I know he did Brian Rubble. All the all he did Tweety. He did so Man, he must have done. He definitely did Porky Pig because I've seen yep. I've seen the uh, I've seen some some video of that. Yeah, all, all the voices. He did it's that. amazing. Yeah, but so it's natural for like he played tuba and he was doing voices. So I mean, it's natural for if you're an entertainer that you do more than one thing. Yeah. You entertain in more than one way. And then if you can also... But you're only... I saw someone post this today on Facebook, and it's really true. It's like you're only an artist when you're creating art or when you're when you're performing it, when you're mm. performing art. When your art's on exhibit and when you're creating it, that's when you're an artist. Um, but not when... Well, all the other times in your life. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, like <clears throat> any other time, you're not really an artist. So th- those are the times when you have to think about, like... How is what I'm doing right now relating to creating art? The next thing. The next, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why, you know, I talk to people about vision a lot. I got work on that, Thomas. You got to have a clear vision. That way, when you express it to people, they can they can decide whether they want to be a part of it or not. And that's how you sort of build up your tribe around you of people. Then, then you find people that have that vision, too. Let's go work on that. Can, can, we go, can we go work on that now? 
You want to work on it now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, this is... Uh, Thanks, man. Foxes and Hedgehogs, Season 2, Episode 1. I'm Thomas Hutchings. I think we're going to be signing off. Hey, John, John Aaron's here. Yeah, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. For real. <laughs> we're going to go get John Tom, healed yeah. up because he's not feeling well. Well, no, but Thomas is... I, well, I'm actually going to get some advice on oh, yeah. visualization. We're going to do a visualization chart, right? We're going to ask John why about a thousand times right now until we get to the core of his his uh, his vision of oh, what this, he needs and, and be to be fulfilled. It's going to be deep. <laughs> and we'll talk about yeah, it in the we'll next show. We'll talk about show. the next show, yeah. Talking it out. Talking it out. What's it about? <laughs> <laughs>